Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I have to beg your forgiveness that uh, we didn't have one yesterday uh, posted, in large part because part of me lost track of the days of the week, the other part of me is uh, just incredibly exhausted from a, uh, a trip to the hospital that took place over the weekend. And those that know me will know why I was there, and it was a joyous occasion. Uh, but uh, it, it has left me very tired, and so I've just utterly forgot to actually sit down and do the recording for yesterday's broadcast, and as a result, we just missed yesterday. So it's the first day I've missed in a while. I hope you forgive me for it, uh, and we'll get right back into it here. And of course, excuse me, I'm loaded down with prayer requests. Uh, of, of, of course, this is the week that that happens, which I'm very grateful for and incredibly uh, thankful both to everyone who asks for prayers and to Almighty God who, who sends you all to me. Uh, prayers are, praying for you is a means that I make reparations for my own sins. So it's a, um, it's a wonderful thing to have these prayers and to pray on, on other people's behalf and bring other people's prayers uh, to the broad audience that, that we've got here. Uh, I can't, now, as my general rule is, I offer one petition in every broadcast. I don't like to double up on petitions. I like everybody to get a full decade of the rosary uh, for every prayer that gets sent in. So today we're going to do the first one. I've got two that came in just yesterday. Uh, I'm going to do the first one today and then the next one tomorrow. Uh, and then um, all the the, uh, the the stuff that I've got in the inbox I've got for uh, the rest of the week, so it'll so it'll carry us through. But uh, for today, the first request that I got I got two requests yesterday, one in the evening and one in the morning, uh, and uh, the one in the morning was one that I is very pressing, and one that I, I really hope that all of you will add to your daily rosary, not just as a, a thing here now that we do on the daily decade, but something that you will pray for continuously and repeatedly. Uh, because there's a young boy who is in some very serious danger, and the nature of the society in which we have been obliged to live is such that it, is, uh, it would be considered absurd uh, and possibly illegal to report the danger that he is in. He's surrounded by sophists and sodomites. Um, the, uh, the young boy's name is, uh, is Connor, uh, and I want to pray for him, uh, for the conversion of heart, uh, and the healing of whatever abuse turned his family into sodomites and sophists. Uh, and I want to pray for his deliverance from that situation before he finds himself similarly uh, harmed, both spiritually and, and physically, uh, by these people who are, are mentally unwell. Uh, they are uh, diabolically uh, oppressed, and they are engaging in a lifestyle which disgusts even the demons. So I want to, uh, I want, I want this boy to be safe. It, it frightens me. I'm, I'm too far removed from the situation to do anything about it. And those that came to me with the prayer are themselves uh, insufficiently, uh, are, are, are too far, are themselves too far removed from the situation to do anything about it. The best I can do is pray. They have a little bit more access to it uh, than I do. But the power of prayer is hard to overstate. And the Lord loves the innocence of children. 
and hates to see it destroyed. So I want to make sure that we deploy all of our prayers on behalf of this young man uh, and uh, on behalf of his uh, of the of of his family who are uh, deeply uh, scarred by diabolism and uh, untold evils that must have happened in their past to have twisted them into these uh, horrific shapes. But I want to pray for them. And uh, th now this is. Once again, this is on, on the heavier side. But no matter what your intention, whether it's heavy or light, whether it's mundane or grandiose, but no matter what your needs are, I encourage you to send them in. Uh, send them to DailyDecadeRequests at ProtonMail.com. That's Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, -E, requests in the plural, at ProtonMail.com. And that could be prayer requests. It could be personal intentions. It can be uh, questions that you have for me, comments, anything at all that you want to send to me. Uh, go ahead and send it to that email, and I will be overjoyed to pray for you and, and pray for all the needs that you have and bring everybody together to, to offer prayers for now, for now, uh, it's, a, it's a Tuesday. We missed Monday, so it's a Tuesday. We'll go straight into Tuesday. Uh, we'll pray in English today. And uh, I want us all to turn to God, keep Connor in our minds, and his entire family. And uh, when I say family, I do mean extended family. It's a, a larger situation there. Um, very unfortunate. Uh, so, uh, his entire family... Uh, for their uh, for their full conversion of heart and for his protection uh, above all from this great evil that he has been surrounded with uh, by the sinfulness and errors of those who are res most responsible for his well-being. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Stanislaus and St. Maria. St. Stanislaus Kotzka, St. Maria Goretti. Patrons of the innocence, the persevering innocence, the fortitude, fortitudinous innocence of young men and young women. We beg thy intercession on behalf of Connor, that his innocence be preserved and he be protected by the evil that surrounds him. That he will know what is pleasing to God and do it. That he will come to the bosom of Holy Mother Church and find, guard, and find protection there from the evil that surrounds him. That he will, as he becomes a man, admonish the sinners around him and that he himself will not fall into those sins which the demons have tied like so many chains around the necks of those given to his protection. Saint Maria, pray earnestly, for you too were attacked by evil, and you held fast to purity, 
St. Stanislaus, intercede for him. For you were assaulted by those who did not wish for you to serve the Lord, and yet you persevered with fortitude, with strength, with faith in Christ. Pray for Connor and for all of us that the Lord may give him special protection against the evils that surround him and that he may not fall into those evils which prevail among those dear to him. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the font of all purity, all innocence, all fortitude and strength, who lives and reigns with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in all our daily battles, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ah, the saint, having access to so many saints is such a blessing. It's one that I, I truly have a great deal of sympathy and, and understanding for the Protestants. And I have a number of friends, and actually many of the early listeners of this broadcast, when it was first getting off the ground, were Protestants. Uh, and I myself was, uh, uh, was sort of straddling the line uh, outside the Holy Church. Uh, but uh, there's, I have a deep and abiding pity for them. Uh, and I, I hope that they won't take this as condescension to say it. It seems to me a very sad thing to lack what they lack. And when I say that, I don't mean anything doctrinal or theological, except insofar as I suppose you could define these things as doctrinal. But it seems such a wonderful thing that Catholics have two things that the Protestants uh, lack in general, and that's the Holy Eucharist, which is one of the most important things we can have. I've gotten to that part in The Imitation of Christ, the last book of the Imitatio is dedicated exclusively to the Holy Eucharist and the role that it should play in one's life and the presence of the the real presence of Christ the actual transubstantiation of bread and wine into the physical body and blood of our Lord is something that really is unique to the Roman Catholic faith uh, transubstantiation is not the official teaching of the various Orthodox churches, but they do believe in the real presence in the same way as Roman Catholics do, which is slightly different than the, the next step down, which would be your Anglican, the Anglo-Catholics and the confessional Lutherans, who get about as close as, uh, as one can without getting there all the way. But the other thing that they lack, and they, all of them lack this in, a, in, a, in its completeness, uh, and that's the presence of the saints. Uh, I don't know what I would do without the, without the saints and their intercession and, and their example. And 
we go to the saints for their intercessions, but above all, and I think most Protestant listeners would agree with me, that the saints to us uh, must primarily be exemplars rather than merely uh, petitioners or, or lobbyists in the, in the great halls of the Almighty on our behalf. Although I do know many people that use them like that. And there's nothing wrong with going to a, a saint for intercession. In fact, it's a recognition of their sainthood to do so, and a recognition of uh, the, uh, to whom the ear of God is inclined. But in order to understand that, we need to understand who the saints were and what they did and, uh, and everything that goes along with them, their, their examples. And that is something that I think is really sadly missing these days, uh, even in, among Catholics, especially among Catholics for whom it was once so strong. There seems to be this prevailing notion that to trust in the saints and their prayers, and even to look to their example in anything but uh, worldly labor is something of a superstition, and I, I think that's very sad. Now, that's my opinion, to say that it's very sad. Uh, it really means nothing other than just to say, well, that, that, that causes me sadness. But I want to go beyond that a little bit and uh, talk about what, how important it is in our prayer lives to have the saints as a central focus. Our primary function, all of us have one, and all of us have the same function to a greater degree, and that is to know, to love, and to serve God. This is basic catechism. This is the most basic catechetical teaching that there is. That's one thing that all Christians can agree upon. We exist here on earth to know, to love, and to serve God. It is in that order. Since you cannot serve someone you do not love, you cannot love someone you do not know. And you cannot know someone unless they reveal themselves to you. And this is why God came to us as Jesus Christ, our Lord, revealed himself to us and his nature and everything that is pleasing to God. And prior to that, God revealed himself and his heart to David in the Psalms. That's why the Psalms are perfect prayers. And that's essential, that element of it, that the first way in which God revealed himself was in prayer, and the perfect prayer that he wished us to offer, because that's the most perfect labor. And the saints teach us that. They give us that example. And if we look to the saints, and Unfortunately, these days when we talk about exemplars, so many people focus on, or role models, so many people focus on one thing that that person does that they really admire, you know, and they ignore the rest of their life. And sometimes this ends up with very bad people developing very strong cults of personality. And that word cult is important. Cult, cultus, refers very specifically to the uh, worship of God that surrounds devotion to a certain saint. It's referred to as a cultus. Every saint has a cultus, otherwise they don't become saints. They're recognized as saints, investigated by the Holy Church because of a cultus that exists. And it's not just a cult of personality. It's, uh, it goes around a little bit deeper than that. Nowadays, though, in the secular world, we just have cults of personality. 
and these cults often raise up people who are very bad and turn them into great heroes. We see that in modern politics in particular. In fact, I can think of two American presidents in the recent history. The, most, the two most recent American presidents prior to this one had tremendous cults of personality, incredibly dangerous. The saints give us exemplars who offer us total examples. I'm trying to find the best way to describe it. We look at those with cults of personality, you tend to ignore the bad and you look just at one or two things you really like. And that's not the case with saints. A saint is someone whom you take in their entirety. And they are exemplary to us in their entirety. And in fact, if you have to look past something that they said or did, they're not saints. The faults of sin that manifest themselves are things which create stumbling blocks and scandal. Uh, that's usually what prevents a person from becoming a saint, unless there is a perfect repentance, as you see in some of the saints, like St. Augustine, for example. This is a man who lived a fairly, uh, what I think by most middle-class standards would be considered a debauched lifestyle, but what is probably considered quite tame and vanilla by most of the debauched people living today. Nevertheless, he clearly lived a life of sin and of error. He was a manichae and a heretic. And he came around and had a perfect repentance and a perfect conversion. And his conversion, his total conversion, which he uh, gave to us in the confessions, offers us an example, a perfect example, a total example of, of sainthood, real sainthood. I was listening recently to uh, the Restoring the Faith, uh, which is an excellent collection of, uh, of uh, podcasts and, uh, and, and opinions that I've just been delighted to find. I hadn't been listening to it before. And uh, the most recent one, they had, uh, what did they call the panel? They had a panel of four people. Uh, one of them is the main guy at, uh, at RTF. His name is Mike. And the others included uh, Steve Cunningham and, uh, you know, the names of the others. There was a brother there. And, uh, and Father, uh, Father Ripperger was on there. And I, I think I might have been pronouncing his name wrong. I've been calling him Ripperger. I think his name might be Ripperger. I'm not sure. Um, I've always heard, I've heard him referred to as Father Ripperger. So uh, that's what I thought his pronunciation was. If I'm wrong, and by some by some miracle this reaches him then he can he can correct me uh, and if, if I am wrong father I'm sorry at any rate uh, he was one of the panelists on here they were talking about the war on the contemplative life in the church particularly the contemplative uh, convents and monasteries and religious orders now I this is not my wheelhouse it's not what we wade into here in the Daily Deccan but one of the things was they talked about how the, the church has become a church of works and has had made a war on the contemplative life. And I think this is true uh, to a greater or lesser extent that the Roman Catholic Church has become an entity whose hierarchy, at least, is heavily invested in worldly works. And, but I think that these two things are in, inextricably linked because the saints, the example of the saints, 
And St. Alphonsus Liguri says this, and I think I've repeated it about a million times here. Well, let's see, not quite a million. I think I'm on, this is uh, 270, 280 something. So 200, at least 287, 286 times I've mentioned St. Alphonsus, who said that no saint became a great saint without mastery of contemplative prayer. And the reason for this is because true work of God is not inspired by anything other than pure charity. And you cannot have charity if you do not have prayer. Because charity is the love of God. And you cannot love God if you do not know Him. And, if you, cannot, and you cannot know Him except that He reveal Himself to you. And God reveals Himself to us in Jesus Christ, in prayer, because Christ teaches us how to pray, and the Psalms teach us how to pray, and in the saints who imitate him. And what does Christ spend most of his time doing? Well, he spends most of his time far removed from people, and in the desert, in contemplation, in fasting, in prayer, allows himself to be transfigured once in the wilderness, in much the same way that St. John the Baptist, who's the first New Testament saint, St. John the Baptist dies a martyr's death. Why? Because it is his prayer, his witness, his unification with God. And it is in that prayer that we know God. And only by knowing him can we love him fully. And only if we love God can we ever do anything that uh, serves him. It is only through these things, through, through prayer, through reflection, on God and following the example of the saints imitating their prayer their contemplation of the Almighty it is that alone which gives us the ability to do good works of any kind and prayer of course and making reparation for the sins of others are your are, are chief the chief forms of prayer you know when our our Blessed Mother has appeared so many times to us. She's been so generous to us. She's appeared at, at La Salette, at Lourdes. She appeared at Walsingham centuries before. <clears throat> and when she appeared at Lourdes, she didn't say, soup kitchen, soup kitchen, soup kitchen. She said, penance, penance, penance. Pray to God for sinners. And likewise, at Fatima, she did not say, volunteer every day, do community service every day. She said, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world. And our Blessed Mother does promise us peace, as our Lord does. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. What is this peace? Well, without the interior peace that comes from prayer, imitating the great saints, without that, we cannot have the peace that enters the world in a worldly sense. We cannot have anything that comes... The works, our works are meaningless. They do nothing. We accomplish nothing by ourselves. We are completely powerless to do anything good. Anything good that we do is done by God 
through us. And we cannot be worthy channels of his power and his love if we are not united to him in prayer. And this is why the prayer life of the church is so rich. We are given multiple means whereby to become channels of God, become instruments through the praying of the office, through the praying of the rosary, through the novenas to the saints, through the various prayers that have been authored by the saints, by asking petition, giving thanksgiving, glorification, declaration of holiness, all of our acts of faith, hope, charity, contrition, all of these things are given to us that we might unite ourselves with God and work better to labor in the vineyard of the Lord is to do much more than merely what the world expects of us when we, they hear the word charity. The true love of God is the desire to be separated from all things worldly and to be united wholly, completely, and totally with God. This is what St. Teresa of Avila says, it's what St. Catherine of Siena St. Rose of Lemus and Francis of Assisi, the, the great, all the great stigmatists of the church, seek to unite themselves wholly with Christ's suffering. And it's true they do great works of what we might call charity, but all of those are merely manifestations, things done without thinking. St. Francis didn't sit down and think about all the good things that he did. He just did them. The only thing he thought about was Christ. He reflected constantly on God and Christ and the sacrifice of the cross. And that is what all of us are called to do as well. To reflect upon the saints and all that they reflect, to imitate the saints rather, and to reflect on what they reflected on, which is not good works, but Christ alone. So as so St. Louis de Montfort said, God alone. And uh, we've talked about this before, that we have a debate over, well, what comes first, things of the world or things of God? What comes first, our people, our, our religion? No, whatever people that you are, whoever you come from, whatever bloodline God has chosen to place you in, Christ alone, and all the rest will follow. This is the message that the saints give to us by their examples. And if we contemplate Christ alone, inevitably our life is a life of prayer, primarily, and all of our actions are nothing more than manifestations of that healthy prayer life. If you pass, a man, if you pass the collection dish at church, the man who has no prayer life will put nothing in it. And the man who has a strong prayer life, in many cases, has already put much into it. Because he gives himself to God, and giving himself to God, he is there at his parish giving more than just the few dollar bills that we usually drop into those plates. Now, that's not to say don't give money to the church. The parishes need money to operate. Uh, it is, it is uh, one of the consequences of being in the world, even if we're not of it. So I don't want to be mistaken in that regard. But the point of all of this is that, and this is incredibly central to what we're doing here when we pray our rosary together every day, 
is that our prayer life is the source of all good works that we can possibly do. And anything that we do without a prayer life is not good because God is not in it. I can give all my money to the poor. I could pass by a beggar on the street and dump my bank account on him. And if I do it for any other reason than that I am completely full of the love of God and unified to his sacred heart, his sacred wounded heart, wounded for me, then I have gained nothing by that and I have done nothing with it. I have not done good. I can spend my entire life in what we call philanthropy. And all I would be doing is frittering all my wealth away for it to land on my head in hell. Good people don't go to heaven. Perfect God-loving people go to heaven. The world is, is flooded with good people. How many strive for the perfection of the love of God? We are told by the scripture very few. And my prayer today is that through our prayers we should be numbered among the few. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.